Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In a world of wrestling where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty, boy. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucker on the road. It's like you ballin' on a budget, though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yell about it, though. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my condition, I was too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and Got a closet full of kids, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. You see the way I'm rapping, yes, I do. This shit, tell I'm running out of breath. But tell somebody, cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 All right, welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Fraser, and we got a great guest for you today. We have Kate and Lester Sams. She is playing the role of Mrs. Bucket in the touring production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. She's also a fellow Michigander like myself, and she does Instagram very, very well. So how are you doing today, Caitlin? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for that Instagram shout-out. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Ever since, um, you know, we set up everything for this interview, I've been, like, uh, following you on Instagram. And you've probably noticed some of my, uh, my reactions to your stories because I'm like, yo, she's already, <laughs> I'm like, she's, she's really interesting, actually. Like, out of, mo- out of anybody that I, uh, I um, like, follow or, you know, like, follow from, like, musical theater, like, you probably uh-huh. do Instagram the best. You know, you're probably oh one of the gosh. best I do on Instagram. Thank you so much. That is, um, it's definitely uh, one of my favorite hobbies. So I, I appreciate the feedback. It look, it looks like that you have so much fun touring and getting to see all these places that you get to go to, and in all the places in between the cities that you go to. Absolutely. I mean, you have you have to enjoy the process of being on the road because. Um, I mean, the traveling part of it is is the bulk of what you do. So you have to make an adventure out of it. And, um, you know, you have to like, dig into the, the cities that you're going to, especially, you know, they're not even if they're not like major cities or places that you ever thought you would find yourself um, in or or wanting to go to They're 
are, they're fun spots all around the country. So I don't know. I, I definitely, I, I find that Instagram in particular is a great sort of inspiration for me to just get out and explore a little bit and just take some fun pictures while you're around town. You know, what are some of, your, what are some of the cities, whether they're cities that the show's been in or any of the shows that you've been um, into before or just, you know, cities or towns that you've passed through, you know, what are some of your favorite spots that you've gone through? Um, we actually, we, last week we were in Kansas City, which I had no particular ideas about what Kansas City was going to be like, but it was such a cool town. It was way bigger than I thought. So many like cute bars and restaurants and coffee shops. Um, we had a great time exploring, even though it was very cold when we were there. I would love to return perhaps in the spring or summertime um, and, and check it out a little bit more. I also, one of my sort of surprise hits um, that I've been to on tour is South Dakota. I, I, again, I didn't really know what to expect, but it was so beautiful. Again, um, like Sioux Falls and now I don't remember the other city that we visited in South Dakota. Um, but they both were just beautiful and hip and we just had such a great time going there. Yeah, I like I love the other day that when you guys were like in the middle of nowhere or something in the mountains or something, like you and a couple other uh -huh. ladies were uh, you know, did the topless photos. Yeah. <laughs> that was um not my idea, but I certainly didn't put up a fight. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great yeah i was like yeah i'm really enjoying the the instagram uh like following you on instagram I'm like yo the, you know caitlin's really uh fun to follow on here um so, you know currently you're uh you're on on the, the touring production of charlie and the chocolate factory you, you play mm -hmm. mrs bucket how did that uh how did that role come about you know how did you get linked up with this uh this musical so I actually worked um, on two previous national tours on Elf the Musical and Flashdance the Musical with um, the music supervisor for this show. His name is Nate Patton. He's a very talented um, music director and supervisor. And he had worked on the original Broadway company of this show. Um, so he asked me if I thought I might be interested in auditioning. And I hadn't seen the show when it was on Broadway. So what I did, and this is actually... I don't know if any of your listeners live in New York City or are ever visiting. Um, the Performing Arts Library at Lincoln Center actually has an incredible resource where you can go and watch a video of pretty much any Broadway production that has ever been performed after like 19, somewhere in the mid 80s. Whenever they started making archival videos of Broadway shows, you can go and watch them. Oh, nice. So I, yeah, it's, an incredible resource. So I went and I watched the video and as soon as I watched it, I just, this role really stood out to me as something that thought I could play really well and that I would be excited to perform. Um, so I got, I uh, talked to Nate a little bit more about it and um, I got an audition appointment. I went in for probably three auditions total, um, you know, to read and sing and dance for various members of the creative team. And then I got the job. What was it about the the Mrs. Bucket role that really stood out to you? Um, I, my friend actually said this to me, and I think he he sometimes we need our friends to like reflect um, our qualities back to us 
a little more readily than sometimes I can I can sort of say myself, but he said this role is perfect for you because she's a dreamer who has a, her feet on the ground. And I think that is pretty accurate for me. I'm a pretty practical person. I definitely have a sort of motherly instinct, I would say. Um, and she's kind of in charge of her household. You know, she's a hardworking single mom. She's got these four grandparents who are, who have been living up in a bed for God knows how long. Um, and she has this little boy to take care of. And she really is sort of the engine driving this whole family. And I can definitely relate to that. I, I think I'm a hard worker and um, pretty practical. And I would like to think that I am warm and caring as well. So those are things that I try to bring from my own personality into the character. What have you learned about yourself being this character? Um. Oh, gosh, that's a great question. Um, I think I have learned um, this role is a little bit different for me uh, because it's, I mean, every every show is a little bit different, but a lot of the roles that I do are pretty vocally demanding, and, um, and this role, it sits in a very comfortable place for me vocally. It's not particularly rangy. I, I always say it's mezzo dreamland, so it's like right in the middle of my range, um, and it's really given me a chance to explore uh, performing a song without it being very showy. You know, it's not like it's not a big showstopper number. It's just a um, a warm, simple song where a mom is trying to make her kid feel better. And it it's a, a fun challenge in a way to sort of lean into the simplicity of it and just, um, you know, stand and connect with your your other actors on stage and just simply perform a song and not not uh not have to worry about any sort of spectacle of it and that's been something that i really enjoyed when um you know what what are some like being a part of charlie and the chocolate factory what's you know this production what's special about it in comparison to you know the books the movies and whatnot like what, what, what do you feel like is special about the, the, the music theater, musical production of it? Um, I think one of the things that's special about it is, you know, Willy Wonka's Factory is this, um, this like crazy fantasy world where anything can happen. And all of a sudden we have the challenge of bringing that to life on stage with no editing, no special effects, no CGI. It all has to happen live in front of the audience. And um, I think our show really brings together like all all of the departments that that need to come together to make a great musical. The the sets, the lighting, the sound, the costumes, the acting, the dancing, all of it um, to bring that fantasy world to all of these cities all around the country. And I think um, there's so much cool stage magic that is happening. Um, of course, all the golden ticket winners, um, except for Charlie, meet with sort of, um, they're a little bit ill-fated, you know, like a lot of the, the scenes from the movies, all these children sort of get swallowed up by the factory in different dramatic fashions. Um, so, and that all happens at our show. And I think the way that it happens is, um, I mean, it's dramatic and exciting and it's, it's the, the audience. Give, gives us such huge reactions every night. So I, I feel like it's effective what we're doing. 
What kind of feedback, what kind of reactions do you get from the audience? Um, definitely a lot of laughs. I think our show has, I mean, there's so many funny lines and um, great comedic performances that are being given. Um, definitely the Oompa Loompas get one of the biggest reactions every <laughs> night, I think. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah, like I said at the top of the show, uh, you're, uh, you're also from Michigan. Uh, you're from Troy, Correct. Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm from, uh, I'm from Warren, Michigan, so not too far oh, nice. away. Um, uh-huh. you know, what, what was it like growing up for you? You know, what kind of kid were you? Well, what did, uh, when did you first get sort of like that bug to want to be a performer? I started performing when I was really young. Um, I remember, you know, doing like plays and, and musicals at church and at school and I sang in choir and I took dance classes pr- from the time I was probably five. Um, and it was always something that I really loved. I saw a musical when I was in elementary school. It was actually a, uh, it was the production of Godspell that they were doing at Athens High School at the time. And I was just watching it. And I was okay. like, well, that's, that's what I got to do. Um, I just was so captivated by it and was so looking forward to get to high school so that I could do musicals at Athens, which I did, of course. And it wasn't until I was in high school that I even really learned, though, that you could like study musical theater in college. That was not what I, that was, wasn't something that I knew you could go to school for. Um, but I really sort of set my sights on becoming an actor and moving to New York, probably when I was about 15, that was just sort of the plan that I hatched for myself. And that's what I did. How was your uh, experience at Western Michigan? Oh my gosh. It was so fantastic. I, um, I definitely thought I needed to go, you know, there are probably a handful of, you know, five to 10 schools that are very famous for musical theater. And I thought that I had to go to one of those. And then I ended up going to Western, which was such a, such a blessing um, because it's, it's, you're not as oversaturated with um, just like everybody's trying to get into U of M and NYU and some of these really big schools. Um, but at Western, the program is so strong. Their professors are, they really know what they're talking about. And you, you get not only great um, technique in all of the areas that you need and singing, dancing, acting, but just great, uh, great coaching in developing those skills. But also, I graduated kind of knowing what to expect when I moved to New York. I, knew, I understood how an audition worked, um, you know, there were people there that could help you get a professional looking headshot, how to format your resume, um, how to figure figuring out a little bit about how to market yourself as an actor. And um, all of those things are really so important. And I, I definitely felt like I graduated Western with a good, at least a great jumping off point um, for moving to New York and starting to work as a professional. Knowing the person that you were at that time, you know, how, how did it sort of the space to learn at Western Michigan University um, help you personally in comparison to maybe if you went to one of those other schools like U of M or those, you know, that everybody was trying to get into? Yeah, um, I definitely, I mean, it's a competitive industry and you always feel that, but I definitely feel like they foster an atmosphere of, it's a place to learn. It's not a place to where you have to like beat out competition or um, 
or like be at odds with the other people. You're all there to learn together. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, I can't speak to other college programs because I didn't go to them. Um, but I, uh, I always say the first year of theater school is mostly just learning how to not be afraid of looking stupid. And that's it really, honestly, a great skill that I think about in my life. And I'm, I'm happy that I had the time to learn how to do that because it just, you can't, you can't be afraid um, when you're on stage, certainly, but it also is helpful off stage just in your life to just not, not worry about looking stupid because really everything's going to be fine almost all of the time. You're kind of extending on that. How did, how did learning music theater help you outside of just in your personal lives, you know, everything that you learned at uh, Western Michigan university. And then, you know, since then, you know, when you, um, you know, got into the industry, what are some of the things that you've learned throughout that, that also translate well to just your personal life? Um, I definitely think just it's great practice to be um, in front of people to, to learn how to hold people's attention to assert yourself and be a clear communicator. I think that that is a thing that is helpful at any time in your life, really. Um, Also just the ability to be confident in who you are and know some of the things that you bring to a table in any given situation are things that are helpful, you know, even if you're just getting a survival job. Or um, um, I do, in a way, appreciate also because... uh, Western is a state school that I had to take non-theater classes too. I had to take um, general education classes. And even though they're not necessarily related to acting, I I think you can only be, it can only help your acting to be a well-rounded and informed individual. Um, So I'm also really thankful that I had to do some, some classes that I probably at the time thought were kind of a pain in the butt (laughs) but i think they but i think they make me a smarter person i'm i'm better for having to do that how do you you know how do you feel like you change from before that experience to after that experience what parts of just like your psyche your mental health your personality where you do you feel like you got better at um, I mean, well, you did so much. Well, I know I did so much personal growing. Um, I mean, and that never stops. But certainly that sort of moving out of your parents' house for the first time, that, that those ages of 18 to 22, you do a lot of sort of rapid development, I think, when you live on your own for the first time. And you, um, and especially when you, when you have a, a passion and, and you're learning how you're it's like you're setting up the rest of your life. You know, in the case of theater, you have this thing that you know that you love, but all of a sudden you're, you're trying to um, assemble some building blocks for how you're going to turn that into the rest of your life, which is kind of, it, it seems like a scary task sometimes, but I definitely like now that I'm uh, a number of years out of college and, um, you know, have been, I've been working in the industry now for over 10 years and I am able to sort of step back and see how every little 
step of the journey, whether it's, you know, where do you go to college? And then, uh, you know, what sort of city do you want to move to? What kind of day job are you going to get there? What sort of relationships are you going to make as you move through the industry? Um, I definitely feel like I'm proud of all the things that I've achieved and I'm thankful for every step of the process. So, and now that I'm getting a little bit older, I can kind of see the bigger picture sometimes because there, there really is so much, there's so many obstacles to overcome when you are trying to be a professional performer and you, you really do face as much rejection as everybody always says that you will. And it's like the one thing that everybody knows kind of about the acting industry is how many times you get told no. And that's, it's true. And it's true for every single person, even the ones that look very successful. And so I, I do try to be mindful and appreciative of just every job opportunity I get, whether there's it's small ones or, or big ones like this. Um, there's something to be gained from, from all of it. And really any, any day that you get to go on stage and perform in front of people, is probably going to be a pretty good day. So I try to keep that attitude all the time. Looking back, you know, you know, to your time in this industry, being a performer, you know, what are some things that you look back and is there anything that you look back at and being like, okay, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, put that much energy into that, you know, or it wasn't worth my energy. I shouldn't have been tripping out so much about that. You know, what are some things that, you know, you know, maybe any performer listening to this that, you know, you might want, you know, advice that you'd be like, you know, what are some things that you should never, you know, give too much energy to? Um, I definitely would say don't, don't give energy to things that aren't bringing you joy or, um, it can be hard, especially when you're starting out, uh, to know, like, you just never know which job is going to be your job. So I think you can't discount any of them, but certainly, um, any, anything that you get bad vibes from, you know, whether it be like a director who is not, um, speaking to you in a respectful manner or where you feel that your, your time and your talents are being taken for granted or being taken advantage of. Listen to those instincts. I don't think I've ever, I've never found myself in a situation where I'm like, Oh God, this is, this is terrible. I got to get out of here or anything like that. But certainly um, I've been in a position where I feel determined that I, that I have to book a particular job. And if I don't, that it means that my career is over or that I'm not talented or that I am in the wrong industry. And really you don't have any control over the jobs that you get or don't get. Even ones that feel like you're so right for there, there are so many factors that go into deciding which actor gets, gets the job. So I wish if I could go back and tell myself at like my saddest point I think I would just say like you don't need to worry about this so much because there are going to be other jobs that are for you and you're going to love those ones too probably as much as whatever one I was so upset that I didn't get at the time right now going back to your time in you know Michigan whether it was in Troy or at Western Michigan what were some of your favorite things to do in Michigan places to go you know, places to eat at, some of your favorite, you know, things to do while you're in Michigan? Um, I definitely loved um, going to the beach when I could on Lake Michigan. Um, 
I spent one summer working in Saugatuck, which was actually a couple summers working in Saugatuck, Michigan, which is such a beautiful place. I would love to go back. Um, I, gosh, what else did I like to do? I remember liking going to high school football games. You would get real dressed up to sit in the freezing cold. When I, <laughs> yeah. when I, when I, when I say dressed up, that was a, a relative term, but you know, trying to look super cool for, you know. Yeah. I mean, Michigan dressed up, you know, it's like, yeah, I know, I know. What you right. Mean. Michigan dressed up. Yeah, you exactly. Know. Yeah. Um, I, when it was still, I'm not, I don't even know if it was open, but my family always used to love to go eat wings at this place called Mr. B's that was in, Troy, but I'm not sure if it's there anymore. It may have closed down now. Um, I think there are Mr. B's still, or they, I think they've kind of, I think they're still around, but they've, they've kind of also like pivoted a little bit to mm-hmm. leaning on more of a pub or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, we definitely eat at a lot of, you know, Coney Island. Yeah, yeah, uh, Coney's, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something for everybody. <laughs> and um, let's see what else. Well, we always love to order, like, at the ones that do the Greek food, whatever that cheese is that they let on fire. Oh, yeah. The, um, yo, I, um, what's the name of that? I never remember what it's called. Um, it, it's, it's right at the top have of to my... Look it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm Googling it right now. It's like... Yeah, uh, we need a fact check. Saganaki. Saganaki, oh my gosh. I'm going to get some, actually, when we come to de- through Detroit. That's got to be that's gotta be on the, on the list of things to do. Yeah. Yeah, Deb, how do you feel about coming back to, uh, to Detroit to, you know, do uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, and it's such a, it's such a, a treat and a stroke of luck that I um, am in the tour at a time when we get to come through because, um, you know, if you're going to become a professional actor, like nobody does it on their own. It takes the support of your family and your parents and your teachers. And, and it's a, it feels very good to be able to come back and have them see you, you know, in a, in a big professional production and, and know that like all of their hard work and, and the support that they gave you went to something and just to be able to perform for them and, and, be living out your dreams and for you know your family to be able to see it is a very special thing. You know, talk more about that. Like um, definitely in your industry, it takes other, the help of other people. A lot of times, Mm -hmm. especially with, um, you know, especially with women in a lot of different uh, fields of, uh, it doesn't even matter, have to be artistic fields, just any sort of industry, you know, talk Mm -hmm. more about, you know, having those other people there for support or help building relationships, community, you know, and not just trying to do everything by yourself. Yeah. I mean, I certainly had a lot of great teachers throughout my education, um, both at Athens and at Western who, um, you know, they give you, they give you the tools so that you feel like you're walking into auditions or into your, into your workplace when you're in a show feeling like you have the skills that you need to do the job well. Um, but then you also really just need people there to help you and tell you to keep going or, you know, to listen to you when your auditions go really badly or when they go really well. Um, because it's, it's too tough. It's it's too much of a roller coaster for you to like weather the storm all by yourself. So 
it definitely, I mean, like my parents were definitely big supporters of me growing up. I've been married for quite a long time. I've been married for almost 13 years. And my husband, I don't, I, I don't know what I would do without him because he keeps me totally sane and congrats. Congrats. 13 years. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Isn't that wild? Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he definitely puts up with a, a lot for me because he, you know, he's sort of, on the ride with me by proxy. Um, how, how does, how does that work? What does he do? And how does that, that, how, what is that relationship sort of dynamic? Um, I mean, so he works as a video editor and producer. He works for a company called now this and he produces um, political news videos for, they're mostly an online media company. Yeah. Um, he's worked in that industry for several years. So he's, he's in a job that is related to the creative field um, and definitely understands what it's like to have a job that you're passionate about. That's not just one where you're punching a clock and, and you know, and you're done at the end of the day. Um, but it is tough because when I'm on the road, he stays in New York and that is, uh, you know, it never gets easier. Even after all these years of doing it, it's, it's tough. So we do a lot of talking on the phone. It's a lot easier now that there are smartphones, um, cause there's so many ways to keep in touch, but yeah. it's, um, it's being married to an actor is not for the faint of heart. You have to, you have to have a, a pretty, a pretty, you know, tough exterior and a lot of very good communication skills as well. Do you feel like, you know, definitely with you and him, it works because you have your own sort of individual lives and individual things. Like you have your career, he has yours. You know, does does that help ma- matters in regards to this relationship, in regards to this marriage? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think every relationship is different and we have figured out a way that, you know, works for us. I think it also helps that we're both um, really big fans of one another's work. So um, it I think that's a big help for us. Like he he loves coming to see me perform. I think that the the work that he produces is brilliant and really important. So um, I think we help you know, foster one another's passions, um, which is something that is important for us. We also, when we met, we actually were long distance. He, he uh, grew up in Scotland. So we dated long distance from oh. the beginning, which kind of gave us a lot of practice in being, really uh, you know, maintain. I know. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it was really long distance. Um, so now just being apart for like a few months at a time when I'm working, you know, we at least, we at least have, some practice to fall back on. How, how do you guys go about, you know, seeing each other though, when you're on the road like this? Well, luckily um, this tour, I mean, luckily for me, this tour has a, a few weeks off built into the schedule. So I actually, That's good. I was able to be home for Christmas for the first time in a really long time this year. Um, next week we're off. So I get to go home to New York for the week and see him there. He's going to come out to the shows in Detroit. Um, and yeah, I mean, you kind of just have to space out your trips and, um, you know, see each other as often as you can. See, I'm the type of person that I like my own personal space. So, mm-hmm. um, and also I do a lot of things myself. So like, um, like I, like I even just told this, this woman I went on a date with recently, she, she travels for her job. 
a mm-hmm. lot. And I was like, man, I love a busy woman. <laughs> I yeah. Love a busy woman. And because yeah. I like my own, I like having my own space too, because I dated a lot of women in the past who, who had too much time on their hands and um, mm-hmm. tried to sort of, um, you know, uh, fill that void with my time, you know? Sure. It keeps it interesting. Yeah. So I, you know, it's always cool when like, when, when you meet a woman who has a lot of, who, who, you know, has their own thing, you know, and when, you know, if they travel, I'd be the type of person to be like, oh yeah. Like I would be very, you know, you know, very supportive of, of like a woman like yourself who would be, you know, on this journey that she wants to be on. And, but we, you know, we'd figure it out, you know, being able to, cause I would understand, you know, what, what you're doing. So yeah, I'm the type of person that would, you know, would, you know, dig your life. Definitely. <laughs> you know, it, it, it'd be fun, you know? And then once, you know, you get together, you have shit to talk about. Absolutely. And I, I think it's, um, I think it's, I think you're in a healthy place to be in a good relationship when you are already taking care of yourself and working towards a life that you want, regardless of whether you have a, a partner or not. Like being, like being the dynamic of the, of this marriage, do you feel like you guys have better conversations when you do talk or whatever, since there is like space between you guys a lot? Yeah. I mean, it, Certainly, like when I'm on the road and, you know, seeing new things and meeting new people, you know, you have things to talk about that way. Also, just our our dynamic is we we're best friends anyway. So we'll talk about anything and nothing at the same time. Um, And that that definitely works for us. I mean, you definitely need to you in our particular situation, you have to be cool with talking on the phone um, just because that's how we like to do things. Um, and there are actually, there's several people in this cast, um, that are married as well. And everybody's a little bit different. Like, um, my husband, Michael and I like to talk on the phone at least for a few minutes every day. Um, but not all of them, you know, do that. They all have their own ways of, you know, making it work. Right. Right. Outside of, outside of touring and, you know, doing your own thing, you know, what are some things that you like to do to, these days for fun, you know, you know, outside of touring and being on Instagram, posting really cool mm-hmm. shit, you know, what are some yeah. things that you like to do? Uh, I definitely, I like to work out. That is something that is like a part of my daily routine in particular, especially when you're on tour. It just helps me feel, you know, good about. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen and, the Instagram post about that healthy. too, your stories and stuff like that about working out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like, yeah. And that's something that's pretty, pretty common among most of our cast. You gotta, you gotta keep your, keep your body active. Oh, yeah. Um, I also definitely have a little bit of a, a shopping streak in me. <laughs> and, um, I mean, it's easy to shop when you're in New York, but then I have the excuse when I'm traveling of like, Oh, but I won't be able to go to this store again. Um, <laughs> so I'm definitely a bargain shopper though. So I don't, I'm not like, a, I can't, uh, be a runaway spender, but that's something fun that I do like to do, especially when we're traveling. Like I love to go to thrift stores. Um, oh, yeah. and it's another way to, a good excuse to just sort of get out and see the city that you're in a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know, we've touched upon that a few times. Um, there's like this, you know, I guess it, I, I guess it all depends on what your job is in touring or 
as an artist, mm -hmm. but there's some people who travel a lot, but don't see the world. Then there's other people yeah. who do, who go out of their way to carve time to see the world that they're going to, you know, how important, mm -hmm. you know, do you, do you know the difference between those two? And is there a reason, how do you sort of carve that time out? Uh, well, we're very lucky on this tour that we, um, our stops, uh, are a week or more in all of the cities that we're going to. I've done other tours where we have a much more rapid schedule where you're only in, in a town for a day, maybe two or three days, and then you're moving on, which means you're spending a lot more time either on a plane or on a bus. Yeah. So I do try to take advantage of the fact that we do have a lot of free time during the day to get out and see places. Um, oh, going, I do like to go to, in a new city if I can um but definitely I mean you're we are traveling for work so I try to make sure that that is you know the first and foremost thing that I'm concentrating on if it me and if that means that you know if you're tired or you're under the weather or you need to take a day to just sit in the holiday and express and like rest your mind and your body then that's what you do um but when you're, especially when you're in a nice sunny city like El Paso, I do try to make sure that I get out and um, just like walk away. I don't like to leave a city feeling like I, like I could have been anywhere. Like I wasn't taking the time to notice what made that particular city different and interesting. How has doing all that sort of, you know, helped you in life? What, what, did, what, what have you learned in life sort of? taken in all these cities that you've gone through? I think I've learned that um, there are cool and interesting places to be found almost anywhere. I definitely, I, I'm obsessed with New York. I love living in New York and I never want to live anywhere else, but I try not to be a snob about like other towns or, or make any assumptions about the kind of people are there or the things that they might like to do or what might be available. Cause really there are, there are kind and generous and artistic people everywhere and they're doing a lot of cool things. Yeah. Um, and I think traveling has, has made me more aware of that. I think before I did my first tour, I would have just assumed that other cities just, they weren't as good as New York cause they weren't New York. And I've learned to sort of soften that idea. Yeah, man. Bit. Like uh, whatever in out of nowhere, Arkansas, they're boring. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's um no, it's good that uh you've uh are open minded. Like it's good to see the world. If I was like if I was on like a certain like a tour like yours, I would be always looking up like where the record stores are at, where the comic book stores are at, and if there's any mm -hmm. wrestling events in town. Yeah. And well, concerts. it does also help that we're traveling with such a big group so you can you know, kind of go out together. I think if I were, if I were by myself for some reason, it would be a little harder to dive in in the way that we're able to. Right, 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 right. So outside of all of this, you know, what, you know, what do you look for? What, you know, do you have any plans for the future? Is there anything else you want to dip your toes in? Um, I mean, I would love to uh, explore the world of doing film and TV acting a little bit more. Um, you wouldn't think that it would be so hard to make the transition, but actually the, the people that produce theater and TV are often very different. So oh, yeah. it, it's kind of a, a whole different market that you have to break into. Um, 
I definitely would be interested in doing a little bit more of that. Um, I mean, I do still, my, my big goal in life is to perform on Broadway in New York, which is something that I'm, you know, still working towards. So those are kind of my, my two career goals, I would say. And, you know, it's a process. You never know when these things are going to happen or how they're going to happen. So you kind of just have to stay the course and, and hang out till something breaks. Um, but other than that, I, my, I definitely think I, I would like to have a kid at some point, which is probably going to be in the next few years. So that's going to be a whole new sort of chapter of my life that right. I'll, I'll just have to get ready for it when it happens because <laughs> at, at at the at the moment, I'm you know certainly I couldn't I couldn't be out on the road and you know be leaving my child at home to fend for themselves. Right, right, right. Yeah, like recently I had um, uh, Nick Fradiani. Uh, he was the 2015 winner of um, American Idol um, on this podcast because oh, cool. he's also a part of the A Bronx Tale, the musical. And oh yeah, and that was his first time being a part of like any sort of musical theater. You know, after being like, you know, part of American Idol and all of that stuff, so he made that uh-huh. he, he made that transition. But even with him, it was almost like it kind of just fell in his lap. It wasn't even something that he tried. He it was just like the opportunity kind of came up, so it just kind of happened. So like, yeah, that yeah. that transition from like musical theater to like whether it's you know TV or film or music, it just it's like a weird transition that kind of happens if it if it happens it mm-hmm. happens yeah and you truly never know i mean this is why just it's good to be involved in any capacity in the industry because you know ne- when the more people you meet um you never know who who else's career might take off and then you know you've worked with them in the past and all of a sudden you have a connection to somebody where where it didn't it didn't seem like a big deal at the time but um you know, it, it creates the opportunity for, um, something else, you know, years down the line, even. How do you sort of, how do you, how do you sort of keep an open mind about the people that you meet and about keeping a positive attitude and keeping those sort of connections fresh, um, when you're always touring and probably meeting so many different people, like, how do you sort of like, have that sort of radar, I guess, about what the sort of how to keep, you know, how to like keep those relationships cool or be, or be a, you know, or be productive when you first meet these people. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I try not to um, put too much into thinking about like, Oh, well how, like, how do I, how do I win this person over or how do I, um, how do I impress this person? Anything like that? Because that, that kind of thinking just sort of stresses me out. Oh, yeah. I just always try to um, make sure that I show up ready to work and ready to do whatever it is that I was hired to do or, or what I'm there to um, give my input about or, or whatever, whatever the circumstances may be. Um, and then just, I don't know. I always try to just be myself and that, I feel like I've had a pretty good track record of, um, you know, just making good connections that way by just being a, an open and kind and hardworking person. And I think people do recognize that. Um, and some relationships are going to lead to something. Some of them aren't. Sometimes you're just not 
sometimes you're just not going to click with somebody in yeah. the same way. Um, and I don't, I tend not to worry about that so much because it's like any other industry, you know, some, some people you're going to, um, create, you know, a, a special artistic relationship. And sometimes it's just going to be a job and, and both of those things are okay. How do you sort of keep your mental health in check though? Like how do you keep, how do you sort of keep it so that you can be the kind person that you truly are and you don't let anything sort of bog you down or, you know, ch- you know, ma- you know, just make you tired enough to where you're in a funky mood. Um, I mean, everybody has their bad days, especially on the road. Um, yeah. I definitely, um, you know, talking to my husband every day helps finding just like your, your people. I, I would say when you're on the road or somebody who you can just, um, you know, someone who you connect with and ha- share a sense of humor so that you can laugh about the things that are going wrong are important. I also, um, I also do, a, a fair amount of journaling every day to okay. kind of just like empty your brain a little bit and maybe, you know, write down some of your negative thoughts so that they're not just sitting and stewing in your brain all the time. Um, and I feel like that helps me a lot too. All right. Great. Great. All right, Caitlin, it's been great talking with you. Um, definitely. Uh, you know, it's good to see another uh, person from Michigan out there uh, doing their thing. Um, Absolutely. I can't wait to, uh, you know, see um, see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when it comes to uh, Detroit next month. Uh, where yeah. Can, where can people uh, go online to get more information about uh, what you're up to and about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Um, you, we, our website is charlieontour.com, and you can learn more about the show. You can um, buy tickets. Um or then I also, you probably, if you want to come in Detroit, I'm sure the Detroit Opera House has a website that you can um, look up and find out more information there as well. Or you can go to uh, D- uh, broadwayindetroit.com. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right there, right there. All right, it's been great talking with you. I'm definitely going to continue to uh, follow you on Instagram because it uh, it's, it's always interesting. So uh, good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Yeah, if, you're, if your listeners want to follow me too, it's at Unsophisticatelyn. Hey, yo, thank you for listening to this episode of Fresh is the Word, hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier, empowered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash Fresh is the Word. Intro theme music by Foulmouth, Shimmy Bango, and Knox Money. Fresh is the Word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash Fresh of the Word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fresh of the Word. For more information about Fresh of the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.